Welcome to another edition of What You See Is What You Get, going through the Bible in a year. We'll have two chapters in the Old Testament and one chapter in the New Testament, as usual. I'm Tim Trainer, and this is my lovely wife, Catherine, and we're, we're in faith that uh, we'll spend some time in God's Word and, and have some good stuff for you today. You have anything you want to add? I, nope. Nope. You want to just get into it? We're going to get into it. Okay. Yep. Well, the kin folks are, are coming in. Oh, that's right. We got introduced to <laughs> in the in-laws, the outlaws. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is, yeah. 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 People I've never met. People. People are watching. Surprise. And they pick the day that we talk about child sacrifice. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Some more. Thanks. But that's think... okay. You know, <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yeah. I am what I am. I wouldn't say anything different if they were sitting right here. That's right. I'm not here I'd, to make any pretensions. I'd uh, maybe make them a cup of chamomile tea to keep them calm down. That's right. Uh, Be mellow. Yep. Okay, so we'll get right into it. I'll I'll do some Old Testament, and you want to do. Oh, right. Good idea. Tim <laughs> forgot to pray. I did. <gasps> after I made all that production of it yesterday, <laughs> of course. Okay. All right. Let's 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 all agree together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you again for this opportunity to go through it. Speak to us, Lord, through your word, what you would have us to hear. Open the eyes of our understanding and help us to see what you would have us to see and know what you would have us to know. And we ask that each person watching and listening would be blessed, would be, um, what's that called, edified, and lifted up today, Lord. We just ask that you would bless your word to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Do you know there's good cooking in the Bible? There is. We're going to talk about some today. And I oh. was just mentioning to you just the other day that I was just trying to make my lentil soups good enough. Yeah. That you'd think about giving oh, up your birthright. Jacob and Esau, right? Yeah, here it comes. <laughs> oh, yes. It's getting interesting. Well, it's been interesting. It's remaining interesting. So we're in uh, 25 and 26 today. Okay. Yeah, it's um, okay. also about twins. Rivalry, oh, yeah. Sibling rivalry. There's been, there's always sibling rivalry. Always has been, right yep. back to the beginning. But yep. with twins, oh, and because um, the thing with twins is everything's inherited to the firstborn. Hmm. So if you were... Yeah, in, in these days... In those days, that was a, a hard and fast rule. Yeah. And um, if you happen to, you know, I don't know if everybody understands, but when you have a baby, it's a gravity, there's a gravity involved. A gravity. Gravity. The baby's head is the heaviest part of its body. Right. And the head's up, is pointing down if things are going well. You want it to hmm. be that way. That they come out head first. Okay. And that's their head's the heaviest part of their body. Okay. Which is good because that's, that's what you want. You want I always I always knew it was preferable to have the baby come out head first, head, but oh, I didn't know yeah, it was gravity safer, that did it's that. Safer for the baby, but yeah, it's caused by gravity. Okay. And if you have twins, the bigger one will come out first. Oh really? Because they're the heavier. They're the heavier. Oh, he ain't yeah. heavy. He's my brother. And is that really fair? Because they've been obviously given an advantage before birth. You That's know. true. Or maybe they're just bigger and stronger. I don't know. but it. it <laughs> I think it, it depends on it the case. It definitely created some conflict in this scenario. In this scenario, yes. So go ahead. I'm, I'm looking forward to going through this. Okay. It's been a while. Me too. I like I, I'm, I'm enjoying going through Genesis again. This is good. All right, so we are in Genesis chapter 25. And are you happy to have one wife just before we start? I am happy. I'm ecstatic to have you, one I, wife. There's a, 
One wife is more quite a bit than of polygamy going on. Long, oh yes, going on in this part yeah, of the Bible. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's throughout polygamies, throughout concubines. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Good times. I I think there's uh yeah. Good times in the tents. Yeah, there's going to be a laundry list a little bit. Yep. But bear with us because there's some good stuff in here. All right. So Genesis chapter 25 and verse one. Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. Okay, pausing your moment. Remember, Abraham's wife, Sarah, just passed away. And there was that whole bit with finding a place to bury her, etc. Anyway, so Abraham's taking another wife named Keturah. Verse 2. And she bare him Zimron, and Jokshan, and Medan, and Midian, and Ishbak, and Shuah. And Jokshan begat Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim and Letushim and Leumim. And the sons of Midian, Iphah and Ifer and Henoch and Abidah and Elda'ah. All these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac, but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived, an hundred threescore and fifteen years. 175. Yeah. When you say score in Old English, score like four score and seven years ago, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, a score is 20 years. So you are correct. That three score and 15, that's 75 years plus 100 is 175. He lived a long time. All right. So uh, continuing on, verse 8. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, which is before Mamre. The field which Abraham purchased of the sons of Heth, there was Abraham buried, and Sarah, his wife. So, this, again, I'm checking out. Yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta continue on. I, I will be here all day. Okay, verse 11. <laughs> Sorry. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt by the well, Lahairoi. Now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's handmaid, bare unto Abraham. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their generations. The firstborn of Ishmael, Nebajoth, and Kedar, and Adbeel and Mibsam, and Mishma, and Duma, and Masa, Hadar, and Tamah, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedema. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names by their towns and by their castles, twelve princes according to their nations. And these are the years of the life of Ishmael, an hundred and thirty and seven years, and he gave up the ghost and died, and was gathered unto his people. I didn't know that 12, they had 12 tribes just like Israel. Just like. Interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? That is interesting. I, is there I've so never much? noticed that before. Um, I think I kind of remember it, but I'm just thinking of something else in modern days in another religion where there's there's 12. But that's uh, that'd be a long story. 12 disciples, 12. Yeah, there's a lot of 12. Lot of 12. It's um, interesting. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm trying to go through this, but that, but that's a you know, that's significant. There were twelve princes yep. under Ishmael, and there are twelve tribes under the son of Jacob. Uh, the sons of Jacob. There were twelve of them. Um, anyway, all right, and uh, and they dwelt from Havilah unto Shur that is before Egypt, as thou goest toward Assyria, and he died in the presence of all his brethren. 
And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was forty years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padan Aram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. Looks like a repeat going on here. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over, like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. A ginger. Yeah, he's a ginger. He's a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> um, oops, I lost my place. 26. <laughs> okay. Verse 26. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare him. So he was 60. Verse 27. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Interesting. And Jacob said, Sell me this birth, or sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Wow. That's heavy. Despising one's birthright. Well, also... <clears throat> for, for a plate of food. <laughs> also, um, God showed her before they were born... Mm-hmm. That the younger would serve the older, and they named the younger one. Yes, <clears throat> supplanter. So there was. That's that's what Jacob means in the Hebrew is supplanter. Supplanter, trickster. Yeah, but that was not a surprise. Yep. And it was, God. God said that's what's going to happen. Yep. So it wasn't a surprise to God. Nope. And then the, you know. If you've had teenage boys, I mean, they do. They think they're going to die if they don't have something to eat. <laughs> yeah. If they want it now, they really don't care. I know I was probably a bit of a budget drain on my parents at yeah, that age. You just don't. And and they yep. had 20 years. They got married when they were 40 and then didn't have the, the twins till they were six, 60. Isaac was 60. Yeah. So that's a long time to, to not get pregnant. Yep. And, you know, kind of not surprising that maybe she had a hard time, but then she finally did. At 60. <laughs> no, he was 60. <laughs> oh, he was 60. We don't, we don't know how old she how was. Old that's she, right. That's right. So she was probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Substantially. That was then. still, he was almost, he was a little more than half the age of his father when he, when he became a father. But it's, it's interesting that God ha had it set up so that there was waiting well, and there was conflict, too. There was. And then the other thing with the birthright is that um, there's there's a natural responsibility for the family, and there's also a spiritual responsibility for the family. Mm. And so, you know, when it talks about that, uh, um, I think in here, you remember where Abraham sent them away? The the children of the concubines. He paid him. He gave him a oh, lot of yes. money, and yes. he said, "Go go go, your go way. somewhere else." Yeah, go east into which, the eastlands, which is 
toward Persia. Yeah. That, that area. So he prevented future conflict there. Yep. They did get an, an inheritance, but but all because billionaire. Yeah. He, super. He, they had rich. more than enough, and they were all princes of their own nations, their own tribes, whatever you want to call. Well, them. that's Ishmael's. I'm oh, talking about the concubines. You're talking about the concubines, and then as it concerns Isaac. Right, right, gifts, right, 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 right. I got you. I'm but, with you. But still, I'm he, going a little slow today. He was generous. <laughs> he was generous. But you know, when it says Isaac got all the money, they got some. Mm-hmm. But there was your responsibility as the firstborn to make sure everybody's taken care of. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's getting gypped out. It's like uh, with with the title and any benefits of inheritance, etc. There's a great responsibility. Which um, Esau did not did not want. Right. He didn't want to deal with it. He just wanted to go out and hunt and do his thing and get fed and well and he said um he despised it his birthright is beneath his notice yeah and you know it's um it when you when you give something away frivolously yeah you're gonna say well that's not worth anything mm-hmm. what is that to me anyway i've had that happen i've had somebody take a trade secret mm-hmm. and just start t- just be telling everybody and and it was a lucrative mm-hmm. trade secret and i'd be like yeah. i was like what are you doing Oh, that's nothing. I said, no, that's millions of dollars yeah. that you're, you're just putting out flit- there. F- flittering away, bad, or what do you say? Fettering away. Okay. Well, I had a hard time tonight. All right. Let's go ahead. Because <laughs> you had a snack. I did. Pe- we should One should not eat peanut butter right before Bible reading. Maybe they'd be entertained if I rubbed some of my front teeth and did like, you know, those dog videos. That would be. Or the horse. That's how they made Mr. Ed talk. Oh, is that right? They put peanut butter on it. Oh, that makes sense now. Okay. Wilbur. Well, that was some dude in the sound booth. God, we are old. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah, we saw Mr. Ed. What can you say? If you know about Mr. Ed and you're watching this, you know how old we are. Yep. <laughs> not super old, but old enough. Yep. Okay. So We're not Abraham old. No. Not not quite. Not quite. <laughs> okay, okay. So chapter 26. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you wanting to do that one? No. I okay. was going to do Matthew. Okay. Let's, let's do that then. All right. So Genesis chapter 26. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went up to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with you, and will bless you. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. There it is again. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice, and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, she is my sister. Once again. <laughs> I know. For he feared to say, she is my wife, lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out at a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his <laughs> wife. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Yeah, and and Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is thy wife. And how sayest thou, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. And Abimelech said, What is this that thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lain with thy wife, and thou shouldst, shouldst have brought guiltiness upon us? And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. 
Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. That's significant, but we'll talk about it later. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence, and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley, and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well, and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence, and digged another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there, and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerar, and Ahuzath, one of his friends, and Phicol, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee, and we said, let there be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee, and as we have done unto thee nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessed of the Lord. And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink, and they rose up bedtimes in the morning, and swear one to another, and <laughs> good times or be times oh be times <laughs> oops it's getting late yeah That's my bedtime bed okay and they rose up be times in the morning <laughs> and swear one to another and isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace and it came to pass the same day that isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. Or as we Americans say, Beersheba. And Esau was forty years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Bashamoth, the daughter of Elon the Hittite, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and to Rebekah. Okay. A lot there. Um, a lot there, but not a lot that really needs discussing. There's um, not a major thing. I did the notice... envy thing came up. The Philistines became envious, and they stopped up his wells. And he went to where there was nobody else. Right. And then they're saying, oh, they, they dug up that well. Oh, there's water coming out of that thing. Oh, they strove with him. They yeah. were striving and where, what is there when there is envy? Well, there's confusion in every evil work. That's right. There, but also there's a progression there too. The first well was named contention, mm -hmm. and the second was named en enmity. Ah, contention means like I forgot that a little one. tussle. Enmity is it's some bad it's blood. It's bad blood. It's yeah. 
it is a weird ooh, hate yeah. like a hate thing but what I was I went back and I saw that it said um, in verse 4 I will make your descendants to multiply as the stars of the heaven and will give to your posterity all these lands kingdoms and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed mm. you know that's one thing that we were talking about um, in, in Matthew yesterday about the kingdom and how people, you know, in, in Jesus's time were expecting him to overthrow and rule and take over. And instead, he ruled by blessing. And that goes all the way back to the beginning where, you know, you're, yes, a great nation, great possessions, great wealth, great heritage, but not for the purpose of dominating and oppressing people for the purpose of blessing people. Mm -hmm. That's God's intention. Mm. God's intention for multiplying these people and blessing these people is to bless through all the, ages the nations of the earth. Was to be a blessing for everybody. And there's a there's a direct through, through the Messiah. Mm-hmm. A blessing, but also just in general, we're there to be a blessing, and and we need to to think about that when we're when we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not to use that to put people down or to um, make it hard for someone else. Right. We're we're to have whatever influence and wealth we have to be a blessing. And he he was very hospitable, even mm-hmm. though Abimelech and those guys came out. It's like. Uh, you know, he was kind of playing down. It's like, well, we did send you away, but we did it in peace. <laughs> yeah, but you, you've become mightier than we are, so we want to make nice, and we want there to be a covenant, because we want to be sure that you make nice with us. And we see that God's with you. I mean, when it says he became very great, mm-hmm. and these other people, I mean, people notice. When you are blessed of the Lord, people are going to notice. There is something And they're uncomfortable, that, though, too. It, it, yes. Yes. Especially people that are competitive. Yep. Because if you get richer than them, mm-hmm. they don't like it. They are envious, and then yeah. they there is contention, and then it can become enmity. That's good. Yeah. Well, okay. a, a problem we don't have at the moment. <laughs> yeah. No, not us. But uh, it's it it can develop. Yes, it can. Okay, so I'm gonna trade. Okay. And read Matthew. Oh, and then the last verse is about the um, they married ites, oh, which yeah. God had said, "Don't, don't do it. Don't mix in with those ites, anines." And they did, and it was a it was a grief to them. It was, and um, and it very clearly stated that. And yep. as we'll see in later books of the Bible, <laughs> it creates all kinds of situations. Okay, Matthew 13. Oh, this is a good one. Parable time. Lots of red letters. As he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another, and that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, or I am the Anointed, or I am the Messiah. That's not just Matthew 13. Oh, you're in Mark. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did I give that to you in Mark? (laughs) I was like, uh, wait a minute, that sounds familiar, but... Bonus! That's not what I'm seeing. (laughs) You get a little preview. How about that? Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Matthew chapter 13. Oops. The same day when Jesus, out of the house... The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat up by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. 
And when he soweth, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell on the stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depthness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell unto good ground and brought forth good fruit, some a hundredfold. Hey, how about that? Isaac sowed the famine and reached the hundredfold. Some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. And these things are not accidents. We've been doing some study about some of the language of the Bible and the structure of the Bible um, from a mathematical um, And these are not accidents that there's parallels like that. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou to them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For for whoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whoever has not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they, seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall not hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are you, our eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one hears the words of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes a wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy received it. Yet hath he not writ in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among thorns is he that heareth the word, And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But when the man slept, his enemy came, and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then has it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou there, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather you together first the tares, and bind them in bundles, and burn them to gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown it is the greatest among herbs, and becomes a tree. So the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole loaf was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus went to the sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered them and said unto them, He that sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the word, the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed 
them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them that which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteousness then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who has ears to hear, let him hear. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which with, when a man has found, he hides, and for joy goes and sells all that he has, and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net, which was cast into the sea, and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew up to shore, and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth, and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, Have you understood these things? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then he said unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in the synagogue inasmuch that they were astonished and said, Whence is this man, this wisdom, that these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not Mary, and is not his mother called Mary, and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judah? Judas, sorry, he had another. He had a Judas in his family. He did. Was, Judas was a popular name. And his sisters are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Ouch. Ouch. Where to begin? Um, first of all, something I really forgot to mention when we read Isaac, because it's kind of echoed here, Isaac sowed in the year of famine. He planted crops when there was a great famine. And he, he obeyed the Lord, like his father did. He obeyed. And God said to go to the Valley of Gerar. Don't go down to the mm -hmm. Nile in Egypt. Because even to this day, the Nile has always been kind of, because, you know, there's there's a big mountain range, and there's snow that builds up, and there's runoff. And, and you get the Nile Delta floods, and it's like perfect for planting and harvesting. And the natural inclination would be to go to that area to... You know, where there's food. Because when there's famine in those days, there ain't no food. But Isaac did what the Lord said. He reaped a hundredfold. He was blessed and he became great. And then it says he became very great. And Jesus reiterates that here and talks about a hundredfold, hundredfold uh, um, yield, um, <clears throat> a hundredfold blessing from, you know, someone that sowed good seed in good soil. And he makes, you know, there's the thorns, there's the stones, there's the different things that happen. And he talks about, first of all, number one, seed, so, seed sown on good ground. That's important. So preparation's good. And then uh, there's an enemy out there that's going to throw in, in the King James, it's called tares. Um, and we, today we would call it darnell. It, it looks like, uh, I, I call them foxtails, but... Um, they look like wheat, so when you have Darnell growing up around wheat, you have something that looks like wheat, but is not, there's no food in there. <laughs> right. And he says, don't, you know, when, when the people who planted it and were taking care of it, the field, they saw the, the tares coming up, they're saying to the head guy, they're saying, look, we got these tares coming up with the wheat. What do you want us to do? You want, want us to pull them out of there? Because they're, they're to the point now where we can see the difference. And he said, no, don't do it, because 
if you pull them out, then you'll pull out the, the good wheat as well. Just wait until the harvest and we'll harvest it all, harvest it all together and then we'll be able to separate it. And then we'll take the stuff that's good for food and we'll put it in the granary or the barn and the stuff that's weeds, we'll put it separate and we'll just burn it up. And it, it's all parables and people weren't understanding and this was prophesied in Isaiah and I mean, there, there's so much, so much. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it short. Um, what, what stands out to me is something where, there's a little preview who are the harvesters? When, when he's explaining the parable to his disciples, and, he, and it's all making sense, he's saying, you know, the seeds is the word of God, you know, and you know, the heart is it good ground or is it background or is it get in there and it's starting to grow and someone comes to a saving knowledge of God, but then the enemy comes in and says that's not true, and that's not how it is. God doesn't care about you. These people are all hypocrites. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and um, who does Jesus say the reapers are? The angels. That'll be significant later, way later on in the Bible. But anyway, I don't. I'm kind of prattling on here. What What do you want to add? <laughs> well, God is not willing that any should perish. Yes. He does not want anyone to go to hell. And that's something, you know, looks pretty dire here. It does. But. And a lot and of people use this passage for a fear leveraging they do, and kind they, of thing. And they, they kind of bully people with it. Yep. And and the thing to, to look at here is everyone that, that's got soil. Let's say we all have soil. Yep. Everybody has a choice to receive. And, and all soil can be improved. Mm-hmm. If it's trampled down, it can be... It can be cultivated. If it's stony, you can pick the rocks out. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, you get a lot of thorns and weeds, you can pull those weeds out. Mm-hmm. You have a choice with your life as to whether you want to be a, re- a good receiver and grow, or if you want to just stay in the condition that you're in. That's really good, honey. I like that. Yeah, and you need some help to do that. Mm-hmm. You need. You know, let's say you need tools. Well, one of the tools that we use to dig things up, to root things out, to, you know, how do you know if it's a rock or if it's the dirt? How do you pull it, the, pull those weeds out? The Word of God, the wisdom of God. Yeah. can and you, and you go to God and you say, show me these areas where I'm not good ground. Mm-hmm. Because I want to be, I want to be strong. I want to stay the course. I want, you know, good things that are sown in me. Mm-hmm. to go and, and I, I really what really stood out to me was the um the stony ground received it with joy i mean a lot of people they, yeah. they hear about jesus and they're like oh yeah that's great yeah. but they haven't done anything to remove the hardness and to remove the distractions mm-hmm. and remove the things that are that are going to be um a hindrance mm-hmm. they just they want their they're content with their ground the way that it is and when it's time for harvest, you're going to have a problem. We used to yeah. pick, did you ever pick rocks? Um, yeah, a little okay. bit. Yeah, I did get too. the old claw and the farm, pull the rocks in out. In the farm yep. country, when we were growing up, you would go out and pick rocks, and you'd take a, they would bring out a big flatbed behind the tractor. Mm-hmm. And, and because new rocks would come up every spring, yep. when you'd plow, you'd go out there before the planting, and you'd pull up you know get it rid of as many rocks as you could yep because it's going to hinder the growth and it's going to tr- cause trouble during harvest because you don't want rocks you know messing up the machinery and things like yep. that and so you know being mindful of that and yeah and, you need fallow ground and it, it there's good soil but maybe that good soil has been worked it has always been worked you know <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be fair yeah if some people are good soil and everybody else is is not, then that's not that's not right. If you if you go mm-hmm. and if you're starting, um, if you go out to the frontier, mm-hmm. and you're starting a farm, you have to clear the trees, you have to clear grass, shrubs, whatever's there, weeds. rocks, weeds. Yeah, I mean it, it takes years. 
It does. To get it clean enough that, that you can plant a good crop and, and, and receive it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, in today's society, most people have no clue what that no. is. But it's worth doing. Yep. It's you worth get doing because that's how you get a harvest. But it doesn't happen quickly, and it doesn't happen without somebody making an, an intense effort. Yeah. And and being a Christian and really really living for God, is it's not. Um, you know, we just read that my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes. So it's not a hardship. Right. Because God helps us all the time. Yes. But it is not something that's that's just easy. Lay back and and you can just make it up as you go along. It'll just, and just happen. Whatever way you do it, or you know how many oh, so many people are just like, well, what God's gonna do, God's gonna do. Right. And so I'm just gonna. God's just, in control. Just do whatever. Yeah. And then you know they'll pray when things get bad. Yeah. But. You know, if you really want to be a good ground, mm-hmm. then you're working on on your spiritual life when things are good and when things are bad. Yes, that takes discipline. It takes it takes discipline, and it takes having a heart. You know, it's easier to have that heart, Tim, when we understand that God loves us. Yep. Because, you know, we don't do all this just to get to heaven, not go to hell. Right. He wants us to have his love in our life every day. I mean, there's nothing better than that. You want good things to grow. And what are those good things? Those things are of God himself. Yeah. You want the things of God to grow in your heart, in your life. Right. In all that you say and do. And and not living in fear and not living in torment and not living in confusion and not having, you know, just continuous strife and drama in your life you yeah. can live a, a life that doesn't have all that but you it's can't good. just it doesn't just come to you yep. you have to you have to receive it and that's where getting back to you know he said why are you only talking in parables he didn't start out talking in parables when he started his ministry mm. he switched and started talking in parables when people got greedy mm. and when they started following him to get the stuff, to get the free food, mm. to you know, just be part of the, the happening crowd, to get the healing, to get whatever, but with but not putting anything into, yeah, into being a disciple, just, just showing up. I'll just show up and get my zap. Yeah. Oh Lord, bless me. Lord, heal me. Lord, help me. Lord, feed me. And but um, bye. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Um, I'm gonna go party. He 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 moved <laughs> he moved to the parables because only the people that are seriously following him they want to know the meaning. Want to understand that. it. They want to follow after it. Right. They want to search it out. They want to get to know him. And that's where that pearly great price. Mm. You know. That's good. Treating it as She's something so smart. <laughs> as something of high value. Mm-hmm. Knowing God is the highest value that we can have. Yeah. It's worth. There's nothing better. Giving everything up for. There's nothing better. Right. And you can say that, but until you experience it, you don't know. You don't. But it it can start just a little at a time. Yes. And God is so patient. Yeah. That's that's one, He's such a gentleman. Yeah. That's one of the things that, that he showed me last year was... Because um, I was just experiencing some just really deep spiritual experiences and just... My fellow, I, I, there was a shift in my fellowship with God, that was so and just so sweet, mm-hmm. and so powerful, and so cl- I felt so close to God, mm-hmm. and I've always been like friend friends with God on, on a level, and it, it, this was a progression. Yeah. But you know, he he showed me that that there's there's a, you know, that's why he uses fruit as an illustration. Mm-hmm. Their fruit, you know, you get a little apple just new little apple on the tree it's hard it's bitter you don't want to take a bite of it it's sour and but you let that ripen and grow and ripen and grow and 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 get full it's wonderful it's a very different experience than it is when it's little and small and it's like it's still an apple yep but it's not developed and spiritual development there's so many people that have never even met anybody 
that's spiritually developed. Yeah. And when you have, you have. I know I've I've been blessed to have some people in my life that have that have, you know, really got some spiritual development. Yeah. And they're oh, they're a treasure. Yes. But they didn't they didn't just show up that way. They counted it as something to be worthy of being pursued. Yep. And they made sacrifices to live that way and develop. Yep. So so and that's one of the reasons that we read the Bible. Yes, it it's, is. It's part of your spiritual development. So can I pray? Let's pray. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we pray for each person listening. And I thank you for making them. I thank you mm-hmm. for loving them. I thank you that you see them and you treasure them. Just like they, you want them to treasure you and your word, you are see them as a great treasure too yes and you sought them like the pearl of great price thank you you willing to send your son because you felt like they as an individual person were highly 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 valuable and so i ask father that you would reveal that to them show them how much you love them and bless them and keep them and and speak to them and remind them and and help them to go out and uh, be a blessing in yes. Jesus name amen and and help us all also lord to find those tools to make nice fallow ground for your word as we continue on in your word let us know what those tools are whether it's humility and meekness for those that are the ones who shall inherit the earth whether it's uh, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god all those things that we've seen in previous chapters in matthew Lord, help us to find our tools that we need to work on the fallow ground of our own hearts so that we may cultivate good ground so that we can continue to to, to be nourished by your word and your spirit and, and grow in you. And I just agree with Catherine in, in Jesus' name. Yeah. And God bless you all. So this was, I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. And if you're listening to this on audio, we do apologize. What you see is what you get. We don't, we're not yeah. going to go back and, and edit that mark out. No. You just got a little bonus. Got a Sorry. Bonus. Got a little bonus preview. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time or whenever. You're not obligated. This is what we appreciate you joining in. That's right. Love you lots. Okay. Bye. Take care.